0: So what is the fourth turning? The fourth turning is um, a decade of crisis and climax. And they said that in, in 1997, when they wrote this book, they said that the
1: 2020s would be a decade of crisis and climax. Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you
0: hi everyone and welcome to another edition of the how to raise money podcast with me ray mclennan
2: and it's with me nigel t best raymondo how the devil <laughs> are
0: you ah uh, great this first is it this is this the first one of
2: 2023 i've lost count um yeah oh ooh. i don't know i don't know <laughs> I've, I've lost track I we are you. organized, everybody who's
0: listening. We definitely are organized. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're in 2023. We're, the, we're, we're, we're early in 2023. And Nigel and I are discussing a number of things, a number of factors that are yep. afe- that's affecting everybody, uh, you know, from, from energy prices to interest rates to how do we get out of this funk uh, and various, various other things. So where are we going to start today, Nigel? What subject do you want to dissect and pull
2: apart and, and fix? All right. Okay. Um, Well, first of all, what I wanted to, uh, we're here in the UK. I know we've got listeners and hello to you all, uh, whether you're in the UK or around the world. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you get a lot of value out of the podcast this year, 2023 and beyond. Um, But what I wanted to say is very rarely do national media sort of report anything other than what is happening in their country as as a implication or implying that it, they are the exceptions and the rest of the world is is absolutely fine and dandy. And it's only us that are really struggling. And I just wanted to point out that if you go to any graph, research anything, interest rates are rocketing all over the place. Inflation's yep. rocketing all over the place. Energy costs are rocketing all over the place. It is a global situation at the moment. So don't think that any single government could do something, pull a lever, push a button or whatever. And their, their reluctance to do it is, is, you know, causing your particular country's problems. There's too much going on and there's too many things. Now, I think Ray, there's a great book um, and it is the fourth turning. Um, I think it is. And that, yeah. And I love listening to that. Yeah. And it's, We're at the end of the 80 year cycle when they say there's going to be a cataclysmic sort of global event, which is a cheery, cheery (laughs) thing. But they wrote this 20 odd years ago, predicting that all this would be happening. Now, one of the things is the psychology of the people in the general populace. And it goes from uh, in this cycle, it goes from a real collective, a real as I've said it many times, JFK asked not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. We've mm-hmm. now gone round this cycle and we're at the point where anyone you interview on TV or see being interviewed on TV. The first thing says, what's your situation? My situation is terrible. What do you think should happen? The government should sort it out. And it's just like everyone is blaming the government for everything. And I I think people forget that the government is themselves. And if you think that the government is not doing things right, then that is effectively you saying you're not doing things right. And you know, this individual, somebody else, owes me some sort of response and all the rest of it. That's my particular opinion on where a lot of people appear to be. And The media, I feel, love to stoke that kind of mentality. And I think it has spread and it is growing and it is a very divisive mentality. And I think there comes a point where you say, no, look, you've got to do something else. And um, Ray, I I don't know about you. I know you help a lot of people, but I've been uh, registered as uh, helping people online with a bit of mentoring uh, or coaching. Uh, And I give up my time and and help people there. So I was on a call the other night with someone in America uh, with some help and some pointers and stuff. And it's a case of, all right, why don't we all just say, okay, let's try and help each other out. That's not where we're at at the moment. At the moment, we are turned on the news today. And Brazil is in turmoil because the um, the elections that ousted one party and brought in another, the, the ousted party say, it's very reminiscent of some other incident a couple of years ago, we don't trust the election result, they stormed the Congress or the Parliament or whatever, there's been riots, there's been 400 arrests, there's police going in, an army going in to try and recapture this building, um, you know, it's chaos. Yeah. And you think to yourself, right, okay, we're we're at such an adversarial point in 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 the cycle, what's gonna break us out of it? And you think, well, you know, at some point, someone has just gonna have to say, okay, okay. We can't keep demanding this. We're going to have to somehow just kind of cope with it because there's no, I don't know about you, Ray, but when we look at here in the UK, everyone's going on strike. They're all wanting more money and yet when you look at something like interest rates going up and the increases in people's mortgages. So here in the UK, they said the average mortgage has gone up 250 pounds a month. Mm -hmm. You've got energy costs going up another 250 pounds a month. That's 500 pounds a month. And that's a, a six grand net pay rise, which is probably a 10 or 12 grand pay rise. That's an extra thousand pounds to pay your employees. Uh, to do it. Well, what what happens then? The businesses go, well, if we've got to pay that, I'm going to have to whack my prices up another 15%, which yep. all of a sudden people go, hey, that £1,000 pay rise that I got last month doesn't cover what I need anymore. And we have wage push inflation. Now, how do you break it? Someone somewhere has got to say, right, now, enough, enough. We're not going to put salaries up. We're not going to put wages up. We're just going to have to you know, live a more frugal life, and you might have to, heaven forbid, cancel Sky Sports. Um, <laughs> you know, or or stop watching Netflix, or or whatever it is. And there's going to be pain. There's going to be difficulty. But if everyone keeps doing it, and I said to you, t- tongue firmly in cheek, folks, I said, well, you know, this group of people say they want a pay rise of twenty percent. Say, well, here you go. Here's your pay rise. Ooh. By the way, we've just made an act of parliament that says that your particular job now has a tax rate of 80 percent on income tax in order to fund your particular um, wage increase. Well, Mm -hmm. funnily enough, everyone wants the pay rise, but nobody wants to pay for it. And I think at some point we've got to just turn around and say, all right. That's fine. But you do realize if we pay you this much, everything, the cost of living, never mind it being a crisis, never mind things being a twindemic, never mind it being a perfect storm. This is going to, you know, lead us to ultimately potentially hyperinflation, breakdown of society you know, disasters of biblical proportions, you know, cats and dogs living together, you know, these sort of things, the gates of well, evil are and opening, just to... hell spewing forth. <laughs> Folks, you know, where are we just going? To put, it
0: in a, to put it in a bit of context, when you talked about the fourth turning, and there are various, the, 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 there are four stages of turning, and it's a thing called a seculum, which is a lifespan of, a you know, an average human, which is 80 to 100 years. And the last fourth turning, we're in the fourth turning now, but the last fourth turning, according to this theory in this book. And it goes way back. It goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. But the last fourth turning was the Great Depression. And the catalyst, they reckon, for this time around was the recession in 2008-9. And the so what is the fourth turning? The fourth turning is um, a decade of crisis and climax, and they said that the, in, in 1997, when they wrote this book, they said that the 2020s would be a decade of crisis and climax. And we're seeing that word. We've, we've been on before, joked about everything's a crisis, everything's a climax, you know, um, every, everything is a crisis. So it, it's interesting how this, is, how this is all forming. And, you know, you mentioned there Brazil, and, and obviously there was the January the 6th, um, two years ago in America when they objected to that one. Um, why the Canadians never objected to Trudeau getting put in again, I have no idea. Why the Australians didn't object to Dan Andrews getting back in, I have no idea. I've spoken to several Australians. My older son lives in Melbourne and he said he knows of nobody who was planning to vote for Dan Andrews because of what happened over there. And it was he, he, his exact words were, we were slack-jawed when the results came in. So it's, it is it, it is a bit odd, and whether or not that they are being tampered with or whatever, it's the perception that they are. And in business, if customers have a perception about your business, it will affect it, whether it's true or not. And if that perception is that you're a good business, that's great. But if that perception is that you don't care about customers, you're going to lose business. And if the population is customers and the government is the company, then they are losing the they're losing the fight they're losing the the goodwill of the people and it's interesting that um you know when the whole lockdown thing happened I, I read an article the other day where somebody was saying yeah but places like uh italy spain they'd been used to they they complied because they'd previously had dictatorships and they still had that memory of what it was like living under a dictator." And therefore, they knew that there would be violence and the French as well are, you know, if you look at the gilets jaunes, that was that was met by violence. They they, every every Saturday for two years, they were out on the streets and we heard nothing about it on the news here. But they were getting beaten up and clamped down and the ringleaders rounded up and all sorts of things. That's not what happens in the UK. or At least it never has happened in the UK. So we're a bit immune to all that. And it's not being you know there's nothing about it in in the BBC or on ITV or in Sky News or whatever because it, it it's I don't know that these organizations are all controlled by the same people um, and it, it it's just interesting how the it seems as if the rest of the world is going into crisis like you just mentioned today about Brazil um, and there are other things happening around as, as well and yet we seem to be immune to it here but mm, are we? Are we going to be, um, how long can we be immune to this? I mean, the Great Depression that started, uh, it, you know, in America with the Wall Street crash and spread across affected everybody, and it was only fixed by uh, the, the start of the Second World War. So are we looking down the barrel of that? Is this is this a gloom and doom podcast for, ni- <laughs> for 2023? Or uh, you
2: mentioned there may be some solutions, Nigel. What do you think? I think it's going to be a very, very tough cycle to break. And as you say, something, it, here's, a, here's a scenario, okay? Um, people in a house fall out. And I'm, I'm not talking the royal household. I'm talking any house. Every so often you fall out. But I tell you what, if, if the neighbours cause you problems, the people in the house unite against the neighbours. And then if, if someone in a neighbouring village has a go then the neighbors all get together against that village and then if that village is against another village then all that village get together and it just means what have you got that's bigger than your situation at the moment that will get you to come together and this is where when they've looked back over time they've said it has taken a uh, an international conflagration to focus people um to actually work together now you can see that unless little green men land in spaceships uh, at the moment, the whole of this planet is never going to agree on anything. And I think at the moment, we've got too many people who are too entra- entrenched in their opinions to be able to just, you know, pause, take a moment and say, "I," instead of saying, I don't agree, just say, that's interesting. And trying to understand someone else's point of view, trying to understand someone else's uh, way of thinking. Why are they thinking that? What is it that's that's causing that? And I think at the moment, Ray, we are too reluctant to ever be seen to change our minds. Mm. And and one of the biggest problems for politicians is they get branded a flip flopper or a U turner or whatever if they ever do it. And whilst one party is in um, in power. The other party will never say what they would do, hmm. because if they did, I'm fairly certain that the party in power would say, do you know what? That's a cracking idea. Um, Let's give that a go. So they keep their cards close to their chest. They never play them. They never show them. And and therefore we get this real adversarial sort of environment. And I think at the moment it is truly adversarial. And I think we've just got to pause, take stock and i think there is a great there's great stock and store in being able to take ownership accountability and responsibility for everything that you do hmm. and at the moment no one's willing to do it so at the moment people are wanting to blame make excuses deny and all the rest of it and i i think what it does is it it gives control to other people gives your power away i think you should stand up and. And one of the things for me is society has some very vulnerable groups who are just being lost, lost in the melee of, of people complaining over stuff that they could sort out themselves, hmm. things that they could do. Uh, here in the, in the UK, the NHS is, is something that you, you cannot criticise. Um, but during the pandemic, they said there were 33 million fewer GP visits. And as a result, oh, there's a backlog of people who who are poorly. And you just think, you know, we, we're architects of our own doom at, at times. Mm. And, and sometimes when it comes to the NHS, you've got to say, hang on a minute. Why is no one coming up with the old mantra of prevention is better than cure? Why are we waiting until people are in crisis to throw a million pound bit of kit at them Uh, to try and cure them or give them an extra two weeks of life when if we'd have done something five years earlier uh, this would never have occurred it's just a bizarre thing and and right the state of the health of the nation Mm. i think all we're highlighting is we are very very sickly Mm. we are living an outrageous lifestyle and i Say it to friends and family and uh, other people, and until they just go, "Oh my God, you're so boring, Nigel." Stop (laughs) it. But I say, we're going to look back on this and say, "I can't believe that your TV advertising was fast food and gambling." Yeah, Um, you know it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. You were promoting. You were allowing them to promote fat, sugar, salt. And then whatever money you had or didn't have, you could gamble. Um, you know. I suppose
0: in the same way we, we look back, we look back and you see, you know, it was Embassy World Snooker and Formula One was Benson and Hedges and it was all <laughs> and Marlborough and all that kind of carry on. It does look incredibly dated now. So I think I think you're probably right um when you talk about uniting people there was something there is something that's uniting people at the moment and in the uk and that is the the cost of uh, utilities and energy and how that's gone you know completely um, through the roof um, what's interesting is uh, in the 60s 70s the utility companies were owned by the people if you like they were owned by the people and then they were privatized and then these private companies said, oh, we will be able to supply you with um, with with uh, energy. And lots of people made an awful lot of money out of that. Now, I don't know about you, but if I've ever switched from one supplier to another, there's never a break in service. You know, the, it, it, there's not a time when the gas goes off and then it comes back on again. It's not like broadband, you know, where if you go from one to the other, you've got this lapse or a phone, if you've got a landline phone, um or with your mobile you have to wait until it switches from one to the other with your sim card or whatever that doesn't happen with utilities because utilities uh, the way utilities are done is we're supposed to pay for them on a on a day by day basis as they get used that's what we're supposed to do but the way the legislation is is drawn and the rules are drawn up is that no we don't we a company like say british gas will give us credit they will pay the suppliers and then they will come after us so they don't supply us with anything they we have a, an accountability or an accountant contract with them an administrative contract we don't have a contract to supply it's kind of an odd thing but the way prices have gone now it is starting to pull an awful lot of people together and you mentioned there about um, uh, politicians flip-flopping well at the end of the there was a discussion i saw online and at the end of it there was a vote and a poll and it was about How are the government reacting to this? How are the opposition reacting to this? Who's got the answer to this? And it was between the Conservatives, Labour, the Liberal Democrats and the Reform Party. And at the end of the debate, people were asked to vote. And it's basically said, if a general election was called tomorrow, uh, who would win your vote? And there were 13, I'm looking at it now, actually, no, God, it's gone up. 22,225 votes were cast. And the results are as follows. Drum roll, please. In fourth place, with 2%, Liberal Democrats. In third place, with 5%, the Labour Party. In first place, with 73% of the vote. Drum roll. Long pause, like they do on TV now whenever they announce a vote. 73% of 22,225 votes. First place, Reform Party. Conservatives second with 20%. Now,
2: What, what do we, the Reform Party stand for? <laughs> I don't yeah, know so it.
0: Basically reforming Parliament, booting them all out and starting again and saying that there's no common sense, that politicians now go to school, university, they then become uh, a sidekick to a politician, then they get shoehorned into a role and then they become a government minister and they don't have any business experience. And basically, they're because of that, they're cocking it up. So the whole thing needs to be reset. It used to be a case of politicians were were only, okay, back in the day, were usually men, uh, but there were men who'd run their run their own business and they came in. And the amount of government spending was was half of what it is now. The amount of government was less than half of what it is now. When I say that, I'm talking about the number of people that are paid for by the government. Because as you know, and I know, The government don't produce anything. They administer and facilitate and hopefully make things better for businesses to make a bit of money and businesses pay tax. And that's where the government gets their money from. They can also raise government bonds and so on. But if they make a mess of it, it's going to be more expensive to raise bonds and so on. So they raise money by taxation. And, uh, you know, we're seeing on an almost daily basis how they're spaffing it up the wall on things that that you know that that don't matter. Uh, they should be concerned about th- this country and what's going on in this country whatever country that is whether you're in America, Australia, Canada, you should be looking after your job is to look after your own people and to have the uh the the business the business landscape needs to be good so that people can function and and can grow and at the moment it all seems to be very much sort of hunker down. Um, and you know, uh, and 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 try and save as much as you can. That doesn't do anything. I mean, I watched Martin Lewis. I, do, I very rarely watch the TV, but there was not In fact, it wasn't on the TV. I'm sure it was a, a a clip on social media of Martin Lewis who was going on about, um, you know, if you if you put your washer dryer on at two o'clock in the morning, you're going to save fifty p, and you know, and all this kind of carry on. I mean, it's just nuts. You know, it should be about growth. It should be about uh, about bringing in more money, not about trying to save 50p by doing your washing at three o'clock in the morning. And it's just the wrong message that's going out. So it's of no great surprise when you see something like, you know, Reform Party coming along, or, you know, uh, when Nigel Farage decided that it was time to get out of Europe, that came along. It, it was, la- he was laughed at when he first went there in, in 2020. Uh, sorry, two, in the year 2000. He was absolutely laughed at um and then you know and we all know what's happened since then so these things can gain a bit of momentum and can get going and it's interesting about the fourth turning and 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 how things are progressing and uh we seem to be going down that that route so right. absolutely- yeah i was, no, was absolutely-
2: going to say right uh, with that everyone's probably thinking i think i've tuned into the wrong podcast here um <laughs> But every every week they've tuned in the wrong podcast. Well, I know. I'm still amazed. People still tune in. Do do people tune in these days, or do you just press a button? I like. In my head, I've got an an image of of someone with one of those enormous sort of mahogany wooden things (laughs) with a couple of knobs on it, and they're they're twisting it until they hear us, and they go, "Who are these? Who are these?" Yeah.
0: There's always a female (laughs) opera singer, isn't there, in classical music when you used to do that, (laughs)
2: There you go. Maybe we should do that. But I think the key thing on this, folks, why, why we wanted to talk about it is, obviously, what goes on in the world at the moment has a direct effect on uh people's appetite for investment whether they want to do it the timing of investment the cost of investment and we wanted to just sort of go into things and say look there's an awful lot of macro economic factors going on that are are hugely swaying what's going on in terms of uh projects on the ground and and this has had the effect of um raw material costs it's had the effect of uh the movement and supply of labor uh, to do projects, so trades or, or whatever it is, it's had the uh, the energy impact, has had a, a huge impact on uh, what's going on. And we haven't yet had the impact of uh, COVID and COVID-related matters in China and the production and supply of stuff coming through. They've put it down to shipping and and all the rest of it. I would hazard a guess that the actual production in China has been hugely impacted Um We've seen and we've heard about the struggles of getting computer chips, which are used in just about everything uh, these days, you know, semiconductors, that's a very difficult thing. And what does this mean? Well, in the we're going to do a couple of episodes coming up here in the podcast, we're going to be looking at should you go to bridging loans or try and get a normal mortgage? Mm -hmm. and also another episode which we're going to look at, buy-to-lets, are they still worth it? Uh, So there's a couple of episodes coming up, but we just wanted to set the scene and just say, blimey, I'm glad I'm not in charge, um, because, uh, you know, I would be, yes, I I would be very, very challenged in terms of being able to come up with a solution. And, you know, I I think I, I like people to like me so the fact that as soon as you're in charge half or more don't like you instantly as a matter of principle not because (laughs) of anything else that would really that would really get to me i think on a on a personal level so um i think yeah just just to recap my position is i i think we just need to be a little bit more human I think we need to just reach out and just say, look, we may well disagree, but there's a collective will to do the right thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, no, Nobody can do it all on their own. And at the moment, I feel we are too much trying to do things on our own. And, you know, a community against a community, a tribe against a tribe, a following against a following, it's too adversarial. And I, I really think that we need to, to lower that and just sort of go, right, okay, let's have a, a proper thing. We've got scarce resources. We've got huge demand. How do we help things that, you know, bring that demand down and be able to share our resources, you know, in an equitable way across all all sort of, all the different needs. And at the moment, wow. Yeah, actually, no, I've changed my mind. Uh, vote for me, dictator for life. Uh, I'll come in and sort it
0: out <laughs> yeah when I'm supreme leader yeah okay good all right well, we're say... going to talk about uh, it's not been an episode on raising finance but we are going to talk about that we're going to talk about bridging versus um mortgages and where things are and all things inflation all things interest rates etc um how to protect yourself how to uh, yeah review what you've got and sort it out not in a martin lewis type way where we're going to save you 50p Um, by doing your washing in the middle of the night, it's going to be a lot more practical than that. So, good. I have been Ray McLennan.
2: I'm Nigel T. Best. Thank you, folks. See you soon.
1: Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. The website has all the useful links and underlying research, and you can get downloads of the checklists and other useful information. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?